Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School HQ Podcast, session number 127. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you're struggling with the MCAT, go to freemcatgift.com and download our 30-plus page report all about tips and tricks on how to maximize your MCAT score. Hey, if you're in high school still, I know there's some high school students out there, go check out higherscorestestprep.com where Lauren there teaches you the tips and tricks on how to ace your ACT and SAT. So everything that we do for MCAT and pre-med and medical school Lauren is doing for the high school student for getting into college. So higherscorestestprep.com. Today, we have a little bit of a twist of an episode for you. This is actually a recording of a webinar that we did for the Academy. So if you don't know yet, the Academy, which you can check out at jointheacademy.net, the Academy is a private site for group coaching for medical school admissions. So you as the pre-med, as you're sitting there trying to, you're scratching your head, figuring out what you need to study, what extracurriculars you need to do, how you're writing your personal statement, what you're supposed to do for your AMCAS applications, how you're getting ready for your interviews, that's what the academy is there to help you with. And don't get me wrong, if you have access to a great pre-med advisor at your university, utilize those people, utilize that advisor, because they will know you, hopefully, a lot better than we will to begin with. But if you are in a situation, and a lot of you are, where you're a non-traditional student, you don't really have access to a pre-med advisor, or you're at a large university, and the pre-med advisor that you have just isn't in touch with you or you're not in touch with them, 
then I urge you to go check out jointheacademy.net. Now, right this minute, we're still closed for new members, but that is changing, possibly, in the next week or so. And that's why I wanted to play this webinar. This is one that we did about a year ago, and we've kind of slacked off with webinars, but there's good reason. We've been putting out the podcast every week, and we do a monthly office hours in the academy, and life gets busy. We had a, a baby, if you didn't know. But that is changing as well, and we haven't announced a lot of changes that are coming up, but that is yet to be announced, a lot of changes that are happening in and around the, the Gray family life. So more to come with that. But this webinar, we talk about personal statements and the A to Z of personal statements. And I wanted to do this one because we've had a couple new submissions in the Academy. You can submit your personal statement for review and everybody can comment on it and you get a ton of great perspectives. And it made me want to release this webinar because there are a lot of misunderstandings about what the personal statement should be. A lot of people think that a personal statement maybe is bigger than it is or not as big as it should be. So take a listen to this webinar. After the webinar, after Allison and I talk and give advice and discuss the personal statement, we do open it up for question and answer. And so you'll hear some Academy members asking questions and us answering those. So this is going to be a little bit longer than normal. Hopefully it's useful. If you like this, go to jointheacademy.net, get on the wait list. We will be opening up maybe <laughs> soon. Go leave a comment on the show notes page as well, medicalschoolhq.net slash 127. All right, so let's get into it. So today we're going to talk about personal statements and partly because personal statements are one of those things that I think a lot of students go, oh, I'm just writing a quick essay about myself. That's easy. I can hold off until the end to do that. And what ends up happening is a kind of hodgepodge of a personal statement that does nothing but hurts your chances of getting into medical school. And I think the biggest question is, why do we need to write a personal statement? We're doing this whole application. We're filling in basically everything about our whole lives, all of the extracurriculars that we've done, all of our grades, our MCAT scores. What more can we add by writing about ourselves that isn't told in the application itself. And I think this is where a lot of students go wrong is the personal statement is your opportunity to expand so much more than what your application is telling the admissions committee members. It's the ability to to kind of turn those numbers into a story. And the personal statement, I, and this is just me making up random numbers, but I would venture to guess that probably a large majority of personal statements do more to hurt an application than to help an application. So the statement is there to help you tell a better story than pure numbers and statistics. And that's what it's there for. And we'll go into depth a lot more about it 
Allison, what do you have to say about why we need to write a personal statement? Well, I think I would just add that I think a lot of us look at personal statements with a sort of dread. There are the people, like you mentioned, who just sort of say, oh, well, that's just an essay. I'll just write it and, and think of it in a wrong way, that it's just this easy thing. But there are other people, a lot of people who think, oh, God, another personal statement. Because as you move through in your career, you have to write a personal statement uh, for college. I think there's a personal essay. You have to do it for med school. You have to do it for residency. You have to do it for fellowship. It's sort of unending. So rather than look at it as something horrible and something that's so time consuming, look at try to look at it as an opportunity, like Ryan said, to really um, find your voice and to add to your application. Try to look at it as a really a positive thing that can really enhance your your chances of getting in. Because it really does make a big difference what you say. It's, it's a great opportunity to enhance it, but it can also really ruin your application in some ways if you make some the mistakes which we'll talk about later yes the why oh why why oh why allison talk about speak up so this is what i was just starting to allude to the personal statement is really your golden opportunity to find your voice to speak directly to the admissions committee members and to let them know uh, not let them know, but really demonstrate your passion, your interest. Um, your numbers are your numbers, and they're not going to change. They're on a piece of paper. They're on. They're in the computer. They're sitting somewhere in the pile of, of the applications. But what what is so different? What is so colorful? Are are what you know the words that you write on, on in in these statements that can be the difference between somebody getting really excited about you and what you have to say, and somebody who. Okay, you know, they just kind of said, this is why I want to be a doctor, and this is just like the other 50 I just read, and I'm super bored. So it's it's your opportunity to to find your voice and to really think about it as speaking directly to these people. You, you, you want to tell them exactly why you want to become a doctor and why you have the experience to, to, tell, to tell you that, that you're clear about, about it from, from A to Z. So, so look at it as, as finding your voice. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. I don't know how much I can add because I, I, I kind of alluded to it as well. It's take, taking your numbers and putting a story behind them. If, if you started off pre-med poorly, if you ended pre-med poorly, if you're a non-traditional student and you have a big break in your academics, it's your opportunity to tell that story in the personal statement. And Admissions committees are reading these, and when I say read, I kind of put air quotes around them because with the sheer number of applications that each admissions committee member is looking at, they're not reading word for word for word. They're glancing over all of these, and so you need to to be able to tell your story succinctly and in a way that kind of stands out. And uh, we'll kind of talk about some of those ways uh, coming up. And one other comment I would make, if you look at that picture at the microphone, think about these shows like American Idol and The Voice. Within like three seconds of somebody starting, people know that this is either a really good singer or someone who is really not meant to be up there. And you can look at it in a similar way that you want to hook them right away because, like Ryan said, they're looking through you know, hundreds, even thousands of these applications. So you want your first message out of the gate to be something really powerful and that says, hey, this is me, keep reading on. 
So that microphone, actually, um, you can think about it a little bit in the same way as like if you're starting a song and you want to you want all those four chairs to turn around if you watch the voice. (laughs) Gotta love the voice. All right. Show your passion. So we'll talk a a little bit about it later, about describing why you want to be a doctor. But your personal statement, and I think the we're going to keep harping on how the personal statement is there to tell your story and to show your passion and tell the why. I, I talk about the why. I talked about it recently in a, in a podcast episode about knowing your why. And I think the personal statement is one of those places where you have to know why you're doing it to be able to put it out on paper and to describe it to somebody else in 5,300 characters or 4,500 characters, whatever the character restrictions are for the application. So very hard to do, but one of those things where you need to be able to do it well, and that's where we'll talk about it in a little bit, kind of repetition comes into play and starting early and getting some drafts under your belt. Allison? I think I would uh, really nothing to add to that. I think, you know, just showing your passion is so crucial because so many people may want to be physicians, but it's really demonstrating that that separates good personal statements from those that are are not. And we'll talk a little bit about how to show your passion in in an upcoming slide. Yes. So I think I, I had mentioned there's in the email about tonight's is that there's not a lot here to go over with you guys because it it is kind of, I don't want to say it's basic, but there's an overriding theme here and showing your passion and how to show your passion and, and telling your story. It's all, all that theme that kind of clouds everything. So the, the kind of nuts and bolts here, who is the personal statement for. It's not for you. It's not for your mom. It's not for your pre-med office. It's for the admissions committees of the medical schools. And they're the ones, I just mentioned, they're the ones that are reading these personal statements, determining whether or not they want to offer you an interview. And this is how a lot of them do it. They'll rank all of their applications by GPA, by MCAT score, And they'll start going over all the applications and glancing literally at these personal statements and seeing if they can pick out a couple key points that may look interesting and go, yeah, this person looks interesting. I'll give them, let's interview them. Or they'll see a typo or they'll see some other issue or they'll be like, oh, this person's kind of boring. They haven't done anything. Or they're not telling their story appropriately, so I'm going to skip over them and and not offer them an interview. So understanding who your audience is will help when you sit down to write these personal statements. And almost, I almost uh, joke about this, but it's it's a, a technique for recording yourself on video or just audio is actually like cutting out a picture of somebody and taping it underneath the camera recorder so that you know who you're talking to. You're you're talking to that little cutout picture, and that's your person. So if you can picture 
somebody sitting in a suit in the admissions office at the medical school looking at your application, picture that person in your head as you're writing these drafts and understand that they're the ones that you're writing it for. Yeah, and it can be a hard thing. And I think um, we recognize that. We, we felt that way when we wrote them because you may know very clearly in your heart and in your head why you want to be a physician. And it's the challenge is, you know, articulating that in a way that really quickly draws people in and that makes sense and has no typos and is really polished. And that's that can be hard for something that's so visceral for a lot of you guys. You know, you you've been slaving away. You you know, in the depths of your soul, how strongly and how much you want to be a physician. The challenge, you know, again, is, is just how do you articulate that? So one thing you can do, like Ryan said, you put a picture up, you know, practice just t- saying that out loud to other people. And we'll talk more about, um, you know, just, just how to kind of write what mindset to be in when you, when you want to write, but, but start practicing by just, just talking to other people, you know, and, and ask them, does this make sense to you? When I tell you, this is why I want to be a physician. These are the things that I've done that show me that, am I making sense? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Do you get my passion? Um, you know, just start talking about it before you even sit down to write. I like it. All right. So a little bit more nuts and bolts. How long should it be? Uh, AMCAS is 5,300 characters. Uh, Comus, 4,500 characters. And the Texas application is 5,000 characters. So a little bit uh, between 4,500 and 5,300. Telling your life story in 5,300 characters is hard. Let me repeat that. Telling your life story especially for some of you non-traditional students, in 5,300 characters is very hard. And I think a lot of the delay, and, and I keep saying we'll get to it, we'll get to it, but we'll get to, to this technique in a little bit, but a lot of this delay, I think, in procrastination and writing your personal statement and actually getting pen to paper or keys to keyboard or f- fingers to keyboard is... The fact that you sit there and you think in your head, what am I going to write about? Should I tell this story? Should I tell that story? Should I talk about this experience or that experience? And you sit there and stew and stew and stew. And then uh, as, as soon as you know it, a month has passed and your application's due and, you, and you're still in your first draft. So... We'll get into it in a little bit, but just understand that this is something, because you have such limited space, you have to strategically plan how you're going to do this and start early. There's a, it's a, um, a public speaking kind of joke out there that if you go to a public speaker and say, can, can you give a talk on XYZ and the public speaker says, well, how long do I have to give the talk? And the, the, the person goes, well, you have an hour. And the public speaker's like, no problem. I, I can do that right now. Or the person goes and says, hey, you need to give a talk, but you only have five minutes for your talk, giving the same presentation. The public speaker goes, whoa, I need a week to prepare for that. It's very different. The, the amount of space that you have, the amount of time that a, a speaker may have, how you approach it and how you attack it. So be prepared for that. 
Allison, do you remember trying to fit your whole life story in 5,300 characters? I was just going to say, so I, 10 years ago when I wrote mine, I just remember how I was just so surprised at how quickly those characters add up. It seems like a lot, but I mean, and if it was, you know, if it was 5,300 words, it would be a whole different story. But each semicolon, each period, each comma, and if you're someone who uses commas incorrectly, they can add up pretty quickly. Um, it's it's a hard thing. So that's why, like Ryan said, being organized, um, you know, planning out what you're going to say, because nobody could fit their entire life story into 5,300 or 4,500 characters. Um, but it's it's you know, taking the the key, the gold, basically, out of your life that you want the admissions committee to know about in an organized way. Um, so, and and it's probably better if you have more to say because it's easier to cut things out than to try to. You know, if you find yourself sitting there and you're you're having a really hard time getting to 5,300 characters, you probably are thinking about it wrong because, again, if all of you out there can can sit down and, and just probably say in your in your own words how much it means to you, why you want to be a physician, why do you want to be in this line, this this, this calling, not this line of work. It's you know more than that. Um, so it's if you're having trouble getting to 5,300 characters, there's there's got to be a disconnect between what you're thinking and and just and and getting those words out. So that's why, you know, try to try to talk about it first, um, and and hopefully then you'll just be cutting down as opposed to trying to add up. So, I just talked about, you kind of had to strategically go through this. When should you start? So, applications open up in May. You can submit in June. The Texas one, I think you could submit in May. So, it's a little bit earlier than the other ones. You need to have a, if, if you're planning on applying early, which if you've listened to us long enough, you understand the importance of applying early, then you're, you're going to need your personal statement done at that time, which means you probably should be starting this two or three months ahead of time because you're going to have to go through a couple, if not many if not a dozen or so drafts of your personal statement. You have you may start from scratch, you may just do total rewrites left and right, but it's something two or three months ahead of time, you need to start getting your words and your thoughts out on paper. And if you are sitting there thinking, oh gosh, I don't have a lot of time left to write it, if you have taken the opportunity while you've been doing all of these clinical experiences over the years or over the months, um, you can look at it as, as in a way that you sort of already have started. Um, if you've been documenting any of your experiences, you really can draw from those directly into your personal statement. So, uh, yes, sort of starting putting that first key down, you know, on the, on the typewriter of the computer can feel really daunting. But if you think about it as, okay, I have all these experiences that I can directly draw from. Maybe you've kept a journal. Maybe you've done something kind of, um, you know, not really, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I can't think of the word. But the, my point is that you, you actually have a lot that you can probably directly draw from so, so that it doesn't feel so daunting to actually start. One of the uh, things I'd recommended to another Academy member recently was w how to start. And 
I think, is it the next slide? No, not the next slide. But I'll, I'll finish that story in a second. <laughs> Let's talk about secondaries. And I think one of the things that we don't think about as we're going through this whole process of filling out the primary applications and writing our personal statements and telling our, our whole stories and just kind of giving, putting all of our effort and energy into our primary application is the fact that as soon as you click submit, there's a good chance that almost all of those schools are going to turn around and send you secondaries. A lot of people think that secondaries are filtered. Some schools do filter their secondaries and, and are restrictive in who they send secondaries to, uh, secondaries to. But most schools don't because that's where they get money. It costs anywhere from 25 to $100 plus for each secondary that you're filling out and submitting. And each of those secondaries will want more information from you, more essays, more more of everything. And so you just felt like you just just poured your guts out and, and gave this awesome personal statement. And now all of a sudden you have 10 secondaries back in your in your mailbox and they all want another statement, another essay telling a different story or a different challenge. And I know for me, I was just so emotionally wiped from the primary application that I just sat on my secondaries forever and and probably hurt my chances at getting into a lot of schools because of that. So be prepared and understand that as soon as you click submit, you, you, your energy kind of has to be there to to pick back up and, and continue writing. And this is the one area... And, and I, I hope nobody is recording this, but this is the one area where I'll recommend Student Doctor Network because they have a section in their forms for secondary applications where students will go out and say, hey, here are the questions that they're asking at the University of Florida. This is the essay they want. So you can be proactive and go out and, and go to Student Doctor Network and and go to the University of Florida's page on the secondary section and see what questions and, and what essays they want and, and be proactive and write those essays before you even get the secondary. And the secondaries are often much more school specific. So why do you think you would be a good addition to our class? Why do you think, why do you want to go to our school? Um, be very careful. Like Ryan said, people, a lot of you may be very tired, very exhausted, even after writing your first statement. Don't uh, copy and paste or try to just change all the, the name of the school from one essay to another because you can accidentally send the wrong secondary that you copied and pasted in from one school to the other, and <laughs> that would be very bad. <laughs> yeah. um, so try to approach each one the best that you can, uh, like a brand new essay. And even though you know a lot of the questions may be somewhat similar, um, and yeah, I reiterate what Ryan said. Use that website uh, for this purpose. Maybe this purpose only. Only, yes, only. The only time I'll recommend Student Doctor Network. All right, here's a slide I was trying to get at earlier about a technique for writing. And before we, uh, before I want to talk about this slide, what I was was talking about with the other Academy member about starting her 
personal statement and and kind of why she was procrastinating a little bit. She she said she drove a lot and would on the drives think about everything that she wanted to write about. And I said, "Why think about it? Why don't you speak it and record your thoughts?" And I think we don't use technology to our advantage. We we think to write, we have to be sitting with pen and paper or in front of our computer. But with all the devices that we have nowadays, whether you have a dedicated rec- digital recorder or you have your smartphone that has recording apps in it, you can go on your hour-long car ride and dictate, basically, your personal statement and it works perfectly for this statement on the slide write drunk and edit sober this is something uh i forget who says it uh, a, a very famous writer but when you're sitting down to write your personal statement stop thinking and that's where the write drunk comes from lower your inhibitions stop thinking and just start having a little uh, verbal diarrhea, so to speak. Just get everything out that's in your head, get it out on paper. Because that's the hard part. We try to edit everything in our head, and the first product that we create, we think should be perfect. But if the first product you're creating is perfect, then you're doing it wrong. The first product that you create, your first draft should be the biggest piece of junk ever that we can tear apart and and help you build up and start chipping away and be able to tell a more concise uh, story for you that that does everything that we, we've talked about, about showing your passion and, and making sure that all of the punctuation is correct and spelling is correct and some other stuff that again we'll talk about but this is huge just start writing it doesn't it's not going to be perfect it's not supposed to be perfect don't worry about that just start writing get it out there let people look at it let them tell you what what is what's good what's bad what you need to cut down what you need to expand on yeah uh Ernest Hemingway has a great quote as well that says, there's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed, (laughs) Um, which in a sense, if you're really passionate about something, you could could go on forever about it. Um, And obviously Ernest Hemingway was a great writer, so writing came easily to him. But (laughs) um, isn't this his quote as well? I think it's been attributed to him. I was just looking to see. Um, But uh, you just... You know, let all of that feeling, um, this is one situation, you know, in, in life where you, you want to go with your feelings first, like Ryan said, um, and just get the feeling out, all your feelings about why this matters so much to you. Why have you been working two jobs and, and trying to fit in all your prereqs? Why, why have you been putting yourself through all of this? And that should come out pretty easily because for any pre-med, this process is pretty painful in, in a lot of ways. So just take all that feeling and um, that emotion behind it and get that out. Um, some people, you know, uh, can just do that by, by writing and other people, um, need to kind of say it. Other people, um, 
you know, everybody has their own method, but uh, just go with the feeling and then you can organize later all that editing, all that red pen later, later, later. Much and later. that's part of why, you know, you want to start early enough too. Exactly. Which is this next slide. How many drafts? There, there isn't a specific number, but understand that there should be a lot. Um, that this is not something that's going to come out perfect and smelling like roses right from the get go. You're going to uh, write it <clears throat> and fix it, and write it and fix it, and probably uh, some advice that I've heard from from some people is you put it in a drawer for a couple weeks and stop thinking about it. And then you come back to it and and look at it again with a different perspective and, and just keep tearing it apart and building it and, um, uh, building it stronger each time. So that one's kind of self-explanatory. Yes. I don't have much to add to that. (laughs) Here's an interesting one. How many editors do you need to look at your personal statement? And this is where uh, uh, I think the you you can't go wrong with as many as you can get people that know you, people that don't know you, and, and something that I think is very important, and um, something that that I've wanted to kind of get get another person in the academy or or have a company out there that that we can go to and trust is having a professional, having somebody out there that does this for a living and can look at your personal statement, not for the content, but for spelling, for punctuation, for grammar, all that other stuff that matters. I I am not good at that. Allison is great at it, but she's not a professional. Uh, and, and so... Hey. <laughs> We can we can look at all of this stuff and 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 give you advice and feedback about how the story how your story feels to us, but from a punctuation, from a grammar and and just sentence structure standpoint, I think at the at the end of the day, that last person should be a professional editor. And I think it's important to actually sort of split apart uh, when you ask someone to read it. Are you reading, you're asking them to read it for the content or for the grammar? Um, Because it's, it's, you, you want those two perspectives. And sometimes if it's, if it's a professional person, they can mesh those two easily. But, um, you know, if you, if you give it to your mother and say, I want you to read this, um, and, and she comes back to you with just all typos for grammar stuff, you that's that's not that may not be really what you need at that time Uh, probably you know the the typos come later that's that's the sort of the last set of drafts the the first set is all about the content the the structure of how you're organizing what you're trying to say what you're trying to communicate um so i think splitting in your head who are you going to be giving this to and and be very clear with them i want you to edit this for content or i want you to edit this for my organization um, I, and then later on, I want you to edit this strictly for just typos. Um, because think about it too. If you're at the end of the line, you've gone through, I don't want to put a number out there, but let's just say you've gone through 10 drafts and you're very clear that you're happy with the content. You've talked with, you know, several editors, you're happy with the organization and you give it to someone and you don't tell them, Hey, I just want you to look at this for typos. And they come back to you and say, well, I think you need to reorchestrate how you did this. And you know, these three paragraphs in the wrong spot. And, and you really shouldn't be talking about this at all. You're going to have a freak out. <laughs> um, 
because at that point you're going to submit your application in, in a couple of weeks and, and you don't need all that, you know, someone will always be able to give you their perspective on content. So at that point you want to close the door and then say, I'm ready for just, you know, grammar and, and spelling errors. So I think, um, just have a timeline in your head of, of when you're going to stop asking people for, for content editing. That's, that's an important piece. And also don't um, make the mistake of, of just asking people to edit who are not going to give you the, the honest truth, because that's not going to be helpful to you. Um, I, I remember giving my personal statement, it might have even been for college, to a writer, a professional writer who was a friend of the family, and I was really bummed out when she came back and had like a million things to tell me about how I needed to completely redesign my, my essay, but it was important and it was stuff that I needed to hear. So um, be honest with yourself. If you're just giving it to your significant other or your mom or, you know, your cat. <laughs> um, those those are people that, that you, you really, in my mind, you don't want to give it to because those are the ones that are going to say stuff that make you feel good and you don't want feel good at this point. Yeah. And, and you can, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but don't only give it to those people. Make sure that you're giving it one, one thing that, that some people do, which, um, you may or may not be able to do, give it to your personal physician and say, Hey, you know, I'm here for my annual or, um, you could even say I'm here, here for an urgent visit. <laughs> no, I don't think you should do that, but <laughs> applications um, are due next week. Right. Exactly. Um, I need an antibiotic. No. Uh, but, but if you have, if you have a great relationship with any physician, give the, your personal statement to that person and ask them if they'd be willing to give you some honest feedback on it. Because again, you're going to be getting the perspective of not just someone who hopefully is, is interested in you doing well, but someone who has been on the other side of it. And like Ryan and I have, who, who is a practicing physician and knows what you're getting yourself into and can get from your essay, hopefully can understand why either clearly or not clearly, why do you also want to, to join this profession? So I really strongly recommend that if you have any physicians that you know, other than obviously us in the academy, um, anybody who knows you personally and can, can really, um, get clear by your writing, whether what you've said to them vocally all this time is communicating well in writing, use that opportunity if you can. Yeah. All right. So what's your story? And that's the the ultimate goal of these personal statements is to tell your story. So that's kind of your homework as as you leave here tonight and and the majority of you aren't applying this year that are that are watching this live, but as as you leave and and start to formulate some plans, understanding kind of what your story is and and how it all revolves around uh, medicine eventually. Hopefully that's why you're doing this because you want to get into medicine. Um, that's what you need to start thinking about. It's a, it's a good place to start. Just just think about, you know, how did you get here? What is the story? There's always a story to tell. And there's always a beginning and there's always an end. And the end is getting into medical school. So what's, what's the filler in? Yes. So part of... Telling your story and, and trying to figure out what your story is and letting the admissions committee members see your story is showing them what you're doing. And I don't know how well you guys can see this picture, but it's a I don't know what movie this is from, but it's it's the 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 words on the book are coming to life. And that's what you want the words in your personal statement to do. 
there's a big difference between saying, I am passionate, I am dedicated, I am empathic, and just listing out qualities that you have and and telling the admissions committee member the, the qualities that you have versus showing them by what you've done in your past. By saying, every Saturday morning, I would wake up at 6 o'clock to be at the free clinic at at 7 o'clock, I would ride the train for an hour, and I would get there at 7 o'clock to open the doors because I knew that there were patients out there that, that had no other place to go. And I enjoyed sitting there and listening to their stories of the week and, and blah, 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 blah. There's a huge difference between those two statements. They tell exactly the same thing in the end, but to somebody reading it, it just comes to life, and that's what you need to do. Yeah, this is one of the biggest things that is so important to try to grasp when you write your personal statement. When you tell the story about these clinical experiences, we should immediately know, or just, just by reading it, just totally understand why you want to do what you want to do. And we also should feel like we're in the room. That's a big thing. When I read a personal statement and um, I know when admissions committee officers read a personal statement, they want to feel like they're there, like they can smell the wood. They can, they can smell the patient with you while you're in that room. Uh, it's just so much more powerful than just reiterating what happened. And it's, it's, uh, it really, I think personally makes the difference between a, a really good and a, and an okay personal statement. Um, because it just, it makes that person want to keep reading number one. And it just makes them get so much of a better sense of you and, and who you are. Um, because it just translates that much more easily than just kind of telling them a bunch of things. Um, this is why I want to be a doctor. Don't, don't, you know, we said, what's your story? You know, don't tell your story, show them by, by using the language and, and by using these, these really often very powerful experiences that you guys have all had, um, by getting that into a story that, that people don't want to stop reading and where the words literally like this picture showing just come off the page. Like you feel like you're there. And this may be challenging, you know, for, for some of you, especially non-trads who may have had some of these experiences years ago. Um, but that's why, again, write drunk, edit sober. It takes some time to just get it all out on paper. You remember as much as you can about what you've experienced and, and write it all out. And I think if you think back again about, you know, starting with your feelings about why you want to do this, you'll probably go back and think, well, I remember that patient. And that was just such an incredible experience for me that showed me so much why I want to do this. I, I, I want to help other people like her or that that experience with that patient was devastating to me. So you'll have these experiences, which in your mind are there and very powerful. And we want to be there with you. Yeah. And that's, that's, one of those things where if you keep a journal, which we highly recommend of everything you do, when you start to write your personal statement, you can easily open up your journal and, and read what you've done because we, we don't remember that kind of stuff, how, how we felt, the emotions behind it. We don't really remember a lot of those details. Alrighty. So some common mistakes that are made with personal statements. Um, we mentioned one of them already when we were talking about 
hiring or or having a professional editor be the last pass, uh, something that I recommend. Uh, And that's errors in spelling and grammar. An admissions committee member will kind of chuckle and then probably skip right past your application if you have any kind of grammatical issues, spelling issues with your personal statement because their immediate perception of you is that you obviously didn't care enough to double check your work. And when there are 60 plus thousand students applying to medical school, there's somebody else behind you with similar similar grades, similar MCAT scores that might not have a better story than you, but they they took the time to make sure that their personal statement was grammatically correct, had no typos, and so on and so forth that they're going to get the interview and not you. And you don't, you obviously don't want that to happen. And I would say when it gets to be that point, when you're, you're editing for grammar, editing for spelling, literally do this three or four times. Don't just say, okay, I'm going to edit once. And then that's it for, for grammar and spelling. You'd be surprised at the things that you'll miss. Because it's usually the kind of thing where, again, you've been spending so many hours on this thing, you just want to be done with it already. And this is just a last pass for spelling and grammar. Be very careful about that. I really recommend, like, read it through or have somebody else read it through for spelling and grammar and and then and edit it. And then go get a cup of coffee or go take a walk around the block and then do it again. Or even wait another day and come back to it. That's probably even better. Um, and do it again for spelling and grammar. The other thing I would say, be very careful about knowing how to properly use semicolons and commas. Um, they can, commas have a way because they're, they're used as pauses when we write. Um, they can really disrupt the flow of your, your personal statement if they're used incorrectly. So it seems like a silly thing, but, um, but commas know how to use them and semicolons. So many people don't know how to use semicolons properly. Um, including me. and it's, <laughs> yeah, I, whenever I edit something Ryan's written, they're usually incorrectly placed. Semicolons. That's why I just don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good point. So if you don't, don't put some punctuation in there that you think is right. If, if you're not sure don't, you know, that's when you ask somebody else who, who's very good at grammar or an editor or or somebody who does this kind of thing professionally. Um, because you don't, you just don't want those. They're kind of like sore thumbs. You just don't want those things to stick out from your personal statement because all that they will do is detract from what could be a very well-written piece with just something like this on the pavement, like just an oops that you just, you can't take back, unfortunately, once you hit submit. Yep. And Next one is being very long-winded, not getting to the point, not being concise. And this comes from not editing enough and not having enough drafts and not having enough people read your personal statement. Um, it's, It's very easy to fix all of this stuff if you have people editing your personal statement that will be honest with you. And so I don't I don't really think there's a lot to to talk about with this one. It's just something that comes from editing. 
And the only thing I would add, I think the way that this happens too, is that you look at your life and you say, okay, well, I knew when I was 10 years old, I'm just making this up that I wanted to be a physician because maybe, you know, your friends broke his leg and something like that. And then you go through all of the experiences in your life that got you from 10 years old to where you are now and try to jam it all into one personal statement. You don't want to do that because it's not, and we'll talk about the timeline in a moment, but it's not about really telling your life story so much as it is picking out these crucial experiences. You have these, what we call transformative experiences, which is a word that admissions uh, committees like to use. And it's actually even on the MCAS application transformative in that it really changed your life and changed how you thought about your career and what you, what you wanted to do with your life. So uh, you want to pick out these these crucial uh, experiences you had and try to highlight them in a way that, that allows us to experience those with you just as if they happened yesterday and we were there with you. Um, rather than sort of just take, tell the whole saga from, you know, the day that, that something happened and you decided that maybe you wanted to be a doctor to, up to now, cause that's where you're going to be all over the place. It's not going to flow well. Um, you get disorganized and you're going to be way long winded. And an admissions committee member is honestly going to get bored because, you know, think about it one way. If you sit in a room with somebody and they're going to tell you, you know, their entire life story, that doesn't sound very appealing to anybody, I don't think, uh, unless it's like somebody famous. Um, and, uh, you know, but but the opposite is that that you have these really in, incredible experiences that, that you're telling somebody about and, and who wouldn't want to hear about those. Yes. All right, wrapping up, the personal statement should not be a blow-by-blow account of your life. Yeah, this is just what I was just talking about, actually. It segued perfectly. Yeah, you don't want to say, at 10, I did this, and that got me interested at 12, I did this, and I was more interested at 15, I did this, and I thought I wasn't going to be a doctor, and then at 20, I wanted to be a doctor again, and look at me now. Your personal statement is not a a transcript of your life. It's it's not your Facebook timeline. And I think if... Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I think if you've had a lot of different experiences, and also if you're non-traditional, and let's say you you went uh, to, into nursing school first and then you realized that you wanted to do a career change or maybe you were in business, maybe you're an engineer um, and you decided you wanted to do a career change. Um, just be careful about trying to write down and sort of explain all the reasons why you chose to do this opportunity and then this opportunity and then this one. Um, if they have a question about that when they interview, they can ask you, you know, hey, what did, why did you do this between 2009 and 2012? Um, don't feel like you need to, like the personal statement is, is the time when you have to explain away why you have 10 or 15 years between when you graduated school and when you want to enter medical school. Again, it's really more about highlighting why, you know, why you're here, where you're here to, uh, where you're at today, um, and applying to medical school. So yeah, the Facebook timeline is let the timeline be there. Don't, don't put a timeline in your personal statement. And the last big mistake that we're going to talk about here tonight is failure to talk about why you're actually going through all of this traumatic experience. 
I've read several personal statements where I get to the end and I have to do a double take because nowhere in the personal statement was there mention of really wanting to be a doctor. They just kind of talked about these fun experiences they've had and it ended. And I'm like, well, why do you want to go to medical school? What's the point of everything that you just did? What are you hoping to do in the future? And I think that's something that that a lot of people can can think about when they're writing their personal statement and, and communicating why they want to be a physician is actually saying, you know what, when I'm done with medical school, this is how I picture using my MD to to give back and and travel the world and and help underserved populations or whatever it may be. But there has to be that that why. And we talked about it. I talked about it at the beginning. There there has to be a why in your personal statement for it to to actually matter. Yes. And this is where it can become very clear who the people are who are just applying because their parents want them to be doctors. Um, unfortunately, there were actually a couple of people in our medical school class who graduated who they that's why they went to medical school. They really didn't want to be there. Um, but that's the kind of thing that can come across in something like this. Um, and uh, if, if the other thing is you, you don't want to run the risk of of sort of communicating why you want to be a physician is because of that thing that happened when you were 10 years old. It may be, it may be that that sort of was the spark for everything for you, but you, it's, it's much more powerful to demonstrate why this experience with this patient was so powerful for you, maybe a couple years ago or last year and why that just highlights so much for you, why you want to be a physician and all of your future goals, like Ryan was saying, rather than, I mean, admissions committees get really tired of seeing, oh, you know, well, my aunt, you know, developed cancer. I mean, this sounds, and I don't mean this to sound, um, you know, cruel by any means, but I'm, I just, I think it's, it's, it's a fact that admissions committees will see a statement like, you know, my, my aunt developed uh, cancer when I was 10 years old and that's why I want to be a physician. If you think about that statement, that doesn't really tell me anything. It's, it's, I feel very sad for you that, that your aunt experienced that and that you went through that terrible experience, but that doesn't tell me why you want to be a physician. So what you want to do, if something like that happened, use that as the spark. You may talk about it in your statement, but it shouldn't be the, the sort of the building block of the, you know, the, the big center stone of, of why you want to be a physician, because it, it just, it will get passed over. And, and I think people won't take you seriously because they'll be more, more focused on that and, and sort of breeze over the fact that you've had these 10 or 15, you know, amazing experiences with patients that, that are, are fueling all of this want, you know, this desire to, to go and be a physician yourself. I like it. And I think that's it. We were going to share a couple pieces from our personal statements, but that went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. So I think I would like to just open it up for questions at this point. And so if you have a question, you can't unmute yourself, but if you just type in the little box, that you want a question, I can unmute you um, and you can ask it. And if you don't know how to type in the little box, then I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> so who has a question? If you don't have a question, was this useful? You can tell us. Brian has a question. Let me unmute Brian. Brian, you are 
unmuted. Hi, Ryan and Allison. Thank you for this workshop. I really enjoyed it. No problem. Um, I ha- my first question is, um, I'm interested in applying to osteopathic and allopathic schools. And so I'm wondering, I would like to use the first, the, the same personal statement for both other than the, the, the length is a little different, but I'm wondering if I really need to write quite a bit about specifically osteopathic medicine for the osteopathic personal statement. So that would require me to modify my personal statement. I don't know if you had any idea. So this is a very common question and one where my, my personal um, suggestion is, and I can email a couple deans at some osteopathic schools and, and get a better answer. But I think each school is going to be different, unfortunately. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to be a physician. And what you're doing with this personal statement is sharing your story and talking about why you want to be a physician, not why you want to be a DO or why you want to be an MD. So it doesn't matter. You you can use the same one, in, in, in my opinion. I would agree with that as well. And I think that's something that they can ask you later on in secondaries. They can ask you when they interview you, uh, you know, hey, why do you want to go to DO school? Why, why don't, you know, why not MD school? And that's an opportunity to highlight it rather than feeling, like you said, like you have to go ahead and write a whole nother statement. Because at the end of the day, we're all physicians. So it really shouldn't matter to them. And if they make a stink about it, then, you know, you can always tell them later. Exactly. All right. I'm muting you again, Brian, unless you have another question you can put back in the box that you have another question. But who else has a question? Who else is here? We got Colton on the call, Aaron, Larone. Larone has, has a question. Unmuted. Hi, Larone. Hi. How are you? Hello. Hey, do you hear me? Yep. Yes, we can hear you fine. Oh, cool. Okay, for a second I... What's a good start (laughs) where like you have all this collection of experiences, but what, where do you start from? You don't, you don't start from anywhere. And I think that was our, our kind of right drunk edit sober. What we were hoping to get across is that you just, just get everything out on paper. And then once you have it out on paper, then we can start molding it. And we can move paragraph three up to paragraph one and paragraph one down to paragraph five and move sentences around and words around and, and stories around. So there, there really is no, at this point for draft number one, there is no starting point. Just get it out of your head. I got you. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good advice. Allison? Allison left. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> She's been playing with the baby upstairs. I'm sure everybody heard the baby. Um, yeah, so LeBron, I think that's a great question and, and something that most students get hung up on is I don't know where to start, and so I'm just going to think about it some more, and I still don't know where to start, so I'm going to think about it some more, and they just that frustration builds, and then there's no time to write an, enough drafts to actually get a great statement out there. and. 
just get it out there, write it all down. And then once it's all down, then you can look at it objectively and move things around to, to best tell your story. And I apologize. I missed uh, some of that because I had to go kill a very large insect. Cool. Um, no, not cool. <laughs> um, and I, and I hope I'm not repeating stuff that you've already said, Ryan, but, um, I think it, Lerone, if you've had a lot, I mean, and a lot of you guys have had tons of these experiences, so it is hard to kind of pick apart each, you know, wh- which ones do I pick? Um, but I can tell you thinking back to when I was a pre-med, I still remember one of the patients that I wrote about, um, actually in my, my statement, um, because it was so, it stuck with me so much and I was just blown away by it. Um, and so I think if, if you even, again, before you even write it down, even if you're just talking about it, just think in your head back to the experiences that, that really were meaningful to you and that were transformative and try to try to just pick one or two and then see if you can write down about them and, and just write, just write a whole bunch, whatever comes to mind. And then later, like Ryan said, you'll, you'll organize that better. Um, but I think if you, if you stand back and look at it all, it can be somewhat overwhelming because you, you have met a lot of patients. You have seen a lot, probably, hopefully by the time you're applying. So just, um, just step back and kind of just pick a couple of them that really were meaningful to you and, and start with that. That's, I think what I would say as a, as a starting point, if you're going to pick one. And and what may happen is as you're writing about one, you'll remember another one that you had totally forgotten about. Yeah. Our memories are not very good. And I'll, I'll give a personal example. We ran into friends up here one time and we were talking about Key West. And I said, man, I would really like to go to Key West. And my my friend was like, dude, do you not remember? We spent a week in Key West back in college. And I had totally forgotten about it until he had mentioned it. And then all of the memories came back into my head. So just get it out there and, and you'd be surprised what your mind can do to start triggering some of those memories. All right. Any other questions? Questions, questions. No questions. All right. Oh. Brian has one last one. Let's see. Lerone, you muted yourself. Brian is unmuted. Hi. Um, the other um question I have is um, it's sort of like my experiences. Let's see. It's sort of the idea that, like, I'm trying to, it's, it's, it's kind of like I'm in a loop, like, you know, like I have these experiences and I did those things because I wanted to, um, go to medical school and then I use, um, those experiences to explain why I should, you know, why, why I can be a good doctor. I don't know. It just seems like I'm having a, a tough way of describing, you know, I mean, I did the experience. I did these things because I wanted to get into to medical school, and then um, I should get into medical school because I did these experiences. So I don't know. It seems like I'm in like a loop in there. So I'm trying to work through that. 
I hear what you're saying. I think, um, and we all were in that place, right? I think it's it's less common nowadays that somebody serendipitously has an experience and that shows them, oh my God, I want to be a doctor. And then they get into medical school. I mean, it's usually you're now, we're, we're trying to have people do clinical experiences and then those are hopefully what show them they want to be a doctor. So yes, it, it can be kind of that loop. I guess if, if you... It just just talking out loud, is there a patient that you can think of that, that meant something to you or that, that really was, like in, in any of the experiences that you have had that you set up, um, did you, were any of those kind of ones that stood out to you? Okay. I mean, and, and you can tell me, like you could just, you know, for any of us here listening, um, you know, just, and, and that's why, again, I recommend just trying to talk it out sometimes because part of mm-hmm. this it's the writing part that I think gets people hung up um, because it's probably easier if, if you and I were just on the phone talking, you know, for you to tell me, um, you know, I was in the ER and, and this, this patient, you know, came in and he was a train wreck and, you know, three weeks later he was up and walking. I mean, I'm sure hopefully, and unless you've had, you know, the clinical experiences that you haven't really enjoyed, but hopefully in there you've had some, um, that, that you really, that, that you enjoyed or, or, or maybe that were horrifying to you, you know, whatever the emotion was, it could be really strong in either direction, but either way at the end of it, it, it hopefully reinforced that you wanted to be a physician. Cause if it didn't, right, you wouldn't be sitting here with us right now. You would have said, yep, that's not for me, you know, done. And then I'm going to go be a businessman <laughs> or whatever. Um, you know, so, so, and you're welcome if you want to any of you guys, um, set up a, a time with, with Ryan and I, or with any of the other, um, you know, experts in the Academy and, and just, just talk it out. Um, you know, these are some of the experiences I had, you know, I think this one would be a good one to write about. What do you think? And, and tell us just verbally why, what, you know, why it was a good experience. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to, you know, incorporate my experiences in there and try to explain, you know, like why I did these activities and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I just, I need to work on it some more, but the advice is very helpful and I'll just keep writing and working on it. Yeah. And, and again, don't feel like you have to be explaining why, you know, you did everything that you did because you don't, it's really more, you know, um, kind of showing them through an experience that you had that, see, this is why, you know, this is why I want to do this. This was why this meant a great deal. And this is, you know, um, and, and it can, it'll, for every person, it's going to be different. Um, you know, so, and that's it, like you said, it's, it's very hard. Nobody said this is easy. This is one of the hardest. I think, honestly, it's funny how Ryan started saying that some people look at this as like, Oh, it's just an essay. Every time I see the words personal statement in any application I've ever had, I always look at this as one of the most challenging parts. Um, because it's not, you know, your grades are done at this point, you know, your MCAT score is done. This is where you have a lot of the, the creativity, the freedom. And a lot of us who maybe are more kind of, maybe we're better at math. Maybe we're, we're not as good at kind of being creative writers. Um, so like me, I'm a terrible creative writer. I always get very nervous about it, but I'm, I'm really good at talking, which you guys might have picked up on by now. I can talk very easily. So that's, I think, for me, why I find that as a pathway to being able to then get things out onto the page. Um, it's just, just talking about it. Um, so Colton had typed, uh, what would you have done differently in preparing for your own personal statement? Hmm. 
probably, I can answer that pretty easily. I would have talked about something a little bit different. So when I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with my statement that I wrote for my residency applications because I, looking back on it, um, and there aren't a lot of things actually looking back on that I've written that I'm pleased with, (laughs) but that was one. And the reason is that I actually um, was able to highlight um, through some experiences I had with neurology patients in um, medical school, explain through those uh, why I wanted to be a neurologist and why neurology was was it for me, why I loved it so much. Um, but when I look back, and you guys are welcome to read it, it's up on the website. Um, when I look back at my personal statement, I, um, at the time, was trying to explain why my two loves when I was a really, really little kid were dance and, and school. I loved school. I was always a big nerd. Um, and what I found was that while I initially wanted to be a ballerina, and, and that really was what I wanted to do with my life, I realized that it was missing kind of the intellectual punch that I needed. I, I wanted something that was going to be challenging on an intellectual level every day, and it, dance just wasn't that for me. Um, so that's what I really talked about, and I, I, I think that it's it's not a badly written thing. I, I think it's it's fine. But if I had to go back, I think I would have tried to use more of those clinical experiences that I had um, to to really show people why, um, you know, those were really powerful and, and why they helped me decide that, that I wanted to pursue um, uh, medicine. Um, and the other thing is that I should have done more showing and not telling. So I think um, I, I think if I could go back, I would have people read it and say, can you get by reading this? Um, do you feel like you're there with me? And if they said no, I, you know, and, cause when I read it now, I, I did do more telling than showing in parts of it. And I, um, you know, I'm happy to highlight that at some other time for you guys. Um, but if you read through my statement, you'll see that some of the, some of the things that I say are more telling and not showing. So those are probably the two things Colton that I would have tried to do differently. Yeah. Highlight the clinical experiences and show don't tell more. Yeah, definitely show don't tell for me and and drafts I think was a big one. I think I tried to rush it at the last minute and uh, didn't go through proper editing and lots of drafts and other stuff. So things we talked about in the webinar. So uh, hopefully you guys got some great information out of this and um, obviously the the goal is to get you guys uh, prepared and ready for your application so that you can submit the strongest application to get you into medical school, because that's the goal. Get you into medical school, get you uh, to be a doctor, and and get you on the other side to start um, taking care of patients. And for all of you, I I really do love to edit, and I love to hear from you guys about why you want to do what you want to do. Um, so if you know, we really use that that thing that we have up on the academy, um, the, where you can put your personal statement up there. If you feel kind of shy and you're you don't really want to, um, you're welcome to to email. I think it's best to put it up there because even if it's a little scary, it makes you feel like you're kind of putting yourself out there. People, a lot of other people will learn from you by doing that. Um, I think it's, uh, some of the Academy members have responded to each other. I think it's a really great learning experience for everybody, but, um, I'm happy at any point and I'm sure Ryan is too, if he, if you just want to have a one-on-one and, and kind of talk through, you know, this is what I think I want to write about. These are the experiences. Um, or if you just want to send us a little snippet and, and then see, you know, um, or ask us, is, is this, you know, are we on the right track or, and, and again, Ryan and I are not sitting here trying to say that we're professional editors. We're not, certainly, but, um, you know, just to kind of get you going and help you out. You got it.
All right, that concludes our personal statement webinar. Guys, have a great night. We'll see you in the forums and right, looking forward to see your drafts in the, uh, the personal statement section of the library. Have a great night. Good night, guys. All right, again, that was a webinar from the Academy. For more information on the Academy, go to jointheacademy.net. We are about 95% success rate in applicants this year. We have one student who is waitlisted right now, and we're trying to get him off the waitlist, but I have high hopes for him. We have a student that got in, Brian. I think he asked some questions on the personal statement. He got into medical school this year after his fourth time applying. We do the best that we can to help polish up your application, help show you how to ace your medical school interview, and so much more. Again, join theacademy.net. If you haven't yet, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes, and we would be so grateful if you left us a rating and a review. We had two new reviews come in this week. One from Sam MCAZ, Sam McAZ, who says, Algebraic, I am super excited to have found this podcast. We are super excited that you found it as well. Non-traditional single parent, former enlisted Marine, Sam MCAZ, thank you for your service. And we have MedDocX, who says, Excellent podcast. This podcast is very informative and covers a variety of topics. Starting medical school in the fall at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Congrats. Obviously, University of Florida. My alma mater for undergrad. Amazing that you, MedDocX, got in. I am jealous. And uh, I take bribes in the form of college football. Hint, hint, tickets. Anyway medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. We would greatly appreciate a rating interview. Every rating interview that you leave helps show iTunes and Apple that we are worth showing to other pre-med students. So we are all about collaborating here. Don't hold us a secret to yourself. Go spread the love on iTunes. Do us a favor. Go to your pre-med advisor and say, hey, I've heard this podcast now. I've listened to all 120 episodes or however many you've listened to and let them know how useful we have been in supporting you along with them. We don't want to show up your pre-med advisor. We want to be there with them and help support them as well. And if you want some cards, we'll mail you some business cards that you can go to your pre-med and give your pre-med advisor. Just email me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. All right, that's it for now. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you got a good sneak peek at what it's like to be in the Academy. Again, jointheacademy.net. We're going to open up again pretty soon, maybe. And uh, we hope to see you inside. And we hope to catch you next time here at the Medical School Headquarters. (laughs) 